Shane. You always had a situation in a big way, man. express myself sometimes when I need to be properly different. Fuck. And welcome to the lockdown. Uh, tonight we have a special guest. Uh, his name is Dom. A uh, little bit of background about Dom. He joined the Royal Marines at the age of 19 and spent five years serving Queen and country. Uh, on leaving, he went back to college uh, and then to university to pursue a career as a physiotherapist. Dom now works for the NHS as a student physio, uh, very close to being qualified and working within the hospital setting in these trying times. Uh, hello, Dom, how are you doing? Uh, you all right? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Very well. And, and introduce yourself, boys, please. Hello, my name is Adam. Dom's fastest ever. Jiu-Jitsu instructor. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jordan. Uh, I'm not a Jiu-Jitsu instructor. <laughs> my name is Ryan Crunk. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, see, dog. In your own time. Waiting about half hour for some of us to introduce ourselves, but uh, we got there in the end. Yeah. So. Um, Tonight we are just going to do a little recap on the, uh, the latest on the lockdown scenario that we've found at the moment. Someone's dying of a cough. Yeah, Adam, your, your cough is corona. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, this I, might be his last episode. Yeah, he might be the death of. So tonight's uh, news, uh, the Prime Minister made a pretty... Um, stern request to uh, the people of the UK uh, asking them not to leave their houses. He's put on some restrictions uh, that he said he will look at again in three weeks and relax them if evidence shows we're able to. Uh, some of these restrictions uh, consist of only leaving the house once a day to go for exercise, only leaving the house to go for essential work uh, that hasn't actually been clarified at the moment but uh, uh, only shopping for essential food items and he will be shutting all other shops such as electrical outlets and uh, clothing stores uh, and uh, anything else I've missed boys off of the top of that no, just uh, yeah, no, gatherings, uh, no gatherings of more than yeah, two people. That's right, no more gatherings of more than two people, that's right. And to date, um, uh, I think worldwide, there have been 83,945 tests to date with, oh, sorry, this is the UK, with 6,650 confirmed cases of coronavirus. And the death toll uh, uh, to date is 335 in the UK. And that is figures from today. Um, 
So what do we think about that, chaps? That's pretty that's pretty stern, serious stuff. But um yeah. has has the restrictions are they have they been early enough and are they uh rigid and um and firm enough? I think it would have been different if people had um adhered to the earlier warnings, but and what's your what's well, your I don't have to do like a necessary shop this weekend. Everyone has been out. Like it's almost as if it everyone's taking it as an excuse to meet up outside in groups i felt yeah, yeah. what is your general impression on it i mean obviously the first time on you on the show uh we haven't spoken really about this at all even even pre the show we haven't really discussed uh what your views are on on mm. on the situation and and it, it it was a pandemic that was something on your radar ever and you know, is is this how you expected, if it was, is this how you expected it to go? I definitely think we've been overdue something for a while. I, I think so far, technologically and like medicinally, we've been able to avoid most things. Um, but we've definitely been due something. There's almost been like a palatable tension in the air whereby like, if you think already in 2020, it was nearly World War Three at one point. It's just always it always feels like we're on the precipice of something like another disaster and they're just more and more frequent and it's it almost felt like our turn as sadistic as mm. that might be but like you think australia had the fires and then we saw like coronavirus was in china and then it just came here and it i think we kind of felt we were invincible to it i think that's the main thing at the moment everyone's still like shocked by it because suddenly we're being affected by the disasters that before now we only used to see on the tv Mm-hmm. And do you think that's been that that is why we're sort of a victim of our own ignorance that that we we've lived so much of the movies we've we, you know I mean we've uh, you know you see all these zombie movies and things like that and and the people mm. are always surviving aren't they do you, you know do you think that's the complacency that we that we we've sort of exhibited here? Well, I think every movie almost has a good ending, doesn't it? So mm. I think. What every story you're told, even as a kid, every story you're given, everything you're given has a good ending to the point where if you watch something that doesn't have a good ending, you're almost a little bit pissed off. Mm. So I think in everyone's mind, all you've ever been taught is everything is going to be okay. Mm. There's always a happy ending. There's always mm. an upside. Mm. But there is actually nothing in like nature or the world that actually has to abide by those rules. No. And then we put that pressure on it being a good ending. Mm. But there's, there's no guarantee. Like, what are we basing that on, really, other than our imagination and trying to appease the masses? The, the mm. issue is, as well, is we're, we're separate. We've separated ourselves so far from nature. Yeah. You know, we sit in these little bubbles and uh, talk to each other on screens. Mm. You know, <laughs> most of our interaction now is through computers. Um, and when, when nature does come along to give us a bitch slap, um it, it's it sort of slaps us out of our you know our dream state doesn't it it's humbling really it's, it's like especially when you see now how much nature's coming back like that's one of the few things that i think has been nice in this is uh seeing how fish are now visible in like the in uh venice in the, the, that. the lakes and swans are coming back and dolphins and the pollution, the, you know, the photos from satellites, the pollution is dissipating over China, New York. And what I do hope, if we do come out of this, the other side of it, is that we we almost take stock of that 
Mm. What would be a real crime, I think, is to finish all this lockdown and just go right back to how we were doing it. Mm. And do you think that's human nature? Do you think we will do that? Or or do you think there will be some... Or, or do you think it's dependent on how bad it gets? I think it will probably go back to how it was. There's, there's, a, dark, there's a part, I mean, that doesn't really trust humans. The majority of humans, I think, have become complacent and reliant on the, the strength of others. And we've built this system up now whereby you don't have to be a hunter or fit or physically able or, you know, mentally able to, to be able to, it sounds quite dark, to be fair, to be able to survive. Mm. Um, and I don't mean that in a disability sense. I mean that in, you could be a moron, basically. Mm. And get Say the right proper in. word, Tom. You could be, a, you could be a mong and survive, really. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, literally, it's almost more in a benefit to. Um, I mean, the culture we've developed for ourselves is that, like, you can literally get by with doing fuck all. Mm. Mm. So, so I guess what you're saying is that that what would have previously been termed as weak people, or or, or people that may not have survived 200, 300, 400, you know, a thousand years ago, and now breeding quite happily and carrying yeah. on to their little lives without actually really having, you know, um, the means to justify that or, you know, the, the you know, is that where you got, is that where you're, he- where you're headed with that sort of thing? Yeah, that is exactly, you kind of nailed it there. I feel like if you go back, it would be, intelligent people would survive and they would have children that would be intelligent because they'd learn from intelligent parents how to survive and what's necessary to survive and that's how we became you know this amazing force that controlled like half the world like darwin's theory in effect isn't it yeah selection and now you've developed basically a bubble that actually allows for everyone everyone to just be born and not have to worry about any of that stuff Mm. and uh i think the danger of that is you're developing people that just don't know they're just these are the people that are panic shopping because mm. they, they don't have the intelligence to reason with it and like logic and so they see other people doing it i reckon the luol thing started just like one person freaking out another person seeing them do it and it just spread like that they if you actually ask people like i remember i can't remember where i heard it but people were interviewing people with all the luol and their trolleys and they were like why are you doing this None of them had a valid reason. It all sounded, it all kind of revolved around, oh, um, my friends are doing it. Or, yeah, oh, yeah. I just don't want it to run out because everyone's buying it. Like, what? It's just ludicrous. This virus, it doesn't affect agriculture. It doesn't affect any of these things. Yet that's the stuff that people are, like, freaking out over. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like people are looking for a way to make themselves safe or you know, satisfy themselves. It's a bit like yeah. panic buying fuel now. There has been some talk that, you know, there are people going to fuel stations and 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 filling up their car. And realistically, when you're in lockdown, the last thing you're going to be doing is, you know, driving yeah. about, or at least the last thing you should be doing is driving about. You know, that's mm. that's. Uh, I'm kind of interested. We've been doing this for this is I think eight eighth day or seventh day of um, being involved in the podcast. Obviously, we didn't do it the weekend. And I'm interested in hearing uh you guys um opinions about how you think it has gone 
today, whether you expected us to be here, rightly or wrongly, not necessarily, you know, giving an opinion, but was was it, George, did you expect to be at this position? And is this what you expected to happen at this stage? I mean, uh, Nostradamus Adam kind of predicted this. And to be honest, after he said it, I was like, yeah, it, it makes complete sense. And after seeing what was going on in London, for example, where people were still going out in clubs, still going to bars, restaurants, still just, you know, carrying on business as usual, maybe even more so kind of like, a, oh, I'm not going to do what you tell me sort of thing. So I think, you know, this is the best measure that could be taken at the moment. I mean, I still think people are just going to hear what's been said and then just say, oh, uh, oh, I've got to go to work or, oh, I just need to go to the shops. And they're still just going to use excuses to go and do things, but maybe like take the piss a bit. Add, mm, mm, mm. do you think there's been enough measures to allow people to do what's been asked? Yeah, I think they've been a bit clever as well. They've given enough loopholes so people can go to work. I, I could still go to work tomorrow, but. I work by myself in an office, so I know there's no risk of me spreading anything or catching anything. I literally go out of my car, get out of my car, go in the office, come back. Now, is that obeying the strict stay in your house? It's not. But I'm not going to be with anyone. Now, would someone a bit naughtier go into an office with four people? Probably. It's... It, they it's, were. Are they going to be stopping cars, though? Like, this is what's baffling me. No. Do they have the manpower to stop every no. vehicle and ask I, where they're going? I, I think it's going to be a slow one till probably Friday and then a proper lockdown with um, whatever next, you know, like almost like a soft touch. We, we go in a bit nice and easy. This is stage one. Stage two would be people on the streets or random checks. But it goes down to manpower as well, doesn't it? Is there enough manpower to do that? I think they're giving businesses every opportunity to get their shit in, in order because yeah. they know some yeah. of them are slow. Like, yeah. you know, that there are people that are still being forced to go to work that are doing jobs that aren't necessary for the country mm. to run. And for, but they're just, their companies would be up the fuck, you know, up the shit if they, uh, if they don't do it. So they, yeah, well, they closed the doors of um, Top Man. Uh, next, shut the stores today. McDonald's is now closed. Uh, Pizza not, Express. Don't talk so, about McDonald's, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I called I, that as well, didn't I? I called that. Took the kids for the last time at McDonald's the other day. So, Cronk, I think I'm psychic. Cronk, you're an you're an employer. Let's say, uh, how do you avoid your staff breaking the rules? you're going to try and continue to function. You don't run a business that can easily have people working from home. But then again, also, you can't you can't gather more than two people at the same time. How does, you know, it, for me, it, it, it does deliver quite a mixed message. It, it's not a, it's not an order of lockdown, but it's making it very difficult for people, businesses and so on and so forth to operate. It's, it's a like business ethics choice, isn't it? Like you basically either you either take the government up on their interest-free loan, and you use that to pay your staff, and and you take other loans to to move your payment windows out so that you don't go under, mm. or you keep them working and you just drag it out for as long as possible, and then you do that. 
So, so talking about that is an interesting point because you were talking about loans, and I, and I find loans like a it's an interesting concept because for me, and I've thought about this a little bit recently. Is this the government saying, well, we know it's not your fault, but it's kind of not our fault either. So if you're going to get in debt. We're going to get in debt. Does anybody have an opinion on that? Do you, I don't know if there's another way they could do it. Yeah, I, I, I think that people think the government has this this well of money that they can just throw at a situation like this. When in fact, it's like there is no solution. There's no there is no plan in place for this. Like, but there no is one... there is other countries that have done it somewhat differently. So, for example, Australia have frozen mortgages and rents. Um, they've allowed not so all bank, banks cannot charge interest to people on their accommodation being uh, suspended um you've got america you know almost um encouraging the hand out of a thousand dollars each or, or 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 something like that you know what i mean there, there is there is a few different methods going on um mm. But we seem to have gone down this route where there may be the point where people cannot continue uh, to survive. There there are members of society like, for example, self-employed people. I know uh, you saying, Ryan, that your wife is self-employed at the moment and it's going to be very difficult for her to function without anything put in place. Do you think that is going to... um, segregate groups of people stop them from being out of actual carry on with the enforced ruling um well people will make a decision my old man's my old man runs a garage he does mot's he fixes cars he has welcomed the government's help because he'd rather borrow money from them than he would a bank mm. it's interest free for 12 months or whatever it is and like you can with a tax bill you can spread it out over a long period of time Mm. if you can't afford to pay your tax bill they'll help you out whereas if you can't afford to pay a loan off they'll start taking your shit Mm. so i think that's that will give people a bit more confidence but he's he's been waiting for the stop going to work message right so and has he had that yet sorry sorry kerry has he had that yet do you think has he had to stop going to work uh he he will have tonight yeah oh you think that was classed because i'm i mean i'm still in a quandary whether many people will envisage that as a stop going to work i think a year ago he probably wouldn't have but he's got a lad that works for him now and um he's confident that so he said to me that because he has a lad that's working for him he can't afford to pay his wages unless there's this government help so because he has a duty to this lad to pay his wages he will take the government's help right i see so, so it will enforce the shut to enable him to take the money which is very honorable yeah. i have to say because there's a lot of um employers out there that are just releasing their people in their droves which is you know hugely disappointing and yeah. sad for all those employees out there that are getting just thrown to the wolves you know so Local um, businesses down here in Bournemouth, all the all the uh, summer trade, all of the restaurants, all of the hotels, all the chefs, waiters, they're all gone. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And you can't forget in all of this, Richard Branson dropped all of his employees on their head before any of this happened. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. He just put them all on no pay and got rid of the whole lot, you know. Mm. Really? Yeah. Well, I know I know Richard Branson doesn't own a huge share of Virgin Atlantic, um, the airline company. I know that is is a bit of a misnomer. He it's it, he is quite a minor shareholder. So although he is taking a lot of the flack for that, he, he is merely a figurehead now, and he doesn't really own it per se. Although that doesn't mean he's not a, a multi billionaire and. You know, he could have kept the dream alive for a lot of people. Uh, that's not me excusing him in any way, shape or form. But mm. whether he's making those decisions himself, I would, I doubt it seriously. But it does cast a question, doesn't it, Kerry, that there's a lot of people with a lot of money in the world um, and employers primarily. Should we have seen more investment from the employers into their people or is this to be expected? Well, I think the thing is, I think you can go to any job in the world and uh, an employee is going to feel undervalued and underpaid no matter what they're on. <laughs> you know, everybody has a little moan and a gripe about wages at some point. But when employees, uh, employers are taking employees and just discarding them and feeding them to the wolves, essentially, you know, it's kind of like, right, you're on your own. <sighs> I don't know. I think after this, the nightmare's over. You're going to see um, repercussions for the way um, employers acted. Um, and um, I think it could probably fold a few companies. I think, you know, maybe there'll be uh, campaigns against said companies, uh, quite uh, almost like, um, uh, you know, the campaigns against a certain company that didn't pay tax. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see public, uh, you know, public opinion on those companies going pretty getting pretty dark to be honest yeah yeah george do you want to ask your question to dom about um uh you've got it there yeah yeah um so it's more kind of uh, a general question about you dom really um so it's yeah. kind of you know both uh, the marines and healthcare workers are very stressful and sort of precise roles to fill uh, you have to be quite sharp and alert as lives are at stake in pretty much both scenarios. On the other hand, sort of sleep deprivation and fatigue can affect one's performance quite drastically. Uh, can you talk a bit about your experience in both ro- both roles and maybe some parallels between them? I mean, especially with the sort of situation that's going on at the moment, I can imagine it's uh, quite high stress. Yeah, no. Um, it's weird. When you said that question, I, I read it, I mean first um i never really saw the link properly before mm. but uh they are both high stress jobs for not an amazing amount of money either like it's rubbish shit money i remember joining up and it was like crap pay but it was more i remember being like properly proud when i went for my interview to join the marines because the marines was a bit more selective mm. um like they don't have to take anyone like their slogan when I joined they can't do it anymore it was 99.9% need not apply and before I was going to do join the Marines actually I was going to join the Royal Air Force and I went there and they were just a bit I don't know a bit funny I didn't really feel like they wanted me and then um I saw the poster for the Marines and I remember like saying who are those guys and they were like oh don't worry about that you'll never get in and I was like immediately like well fuck you mm-hmm. and um in training for the Marines and in training for physio, the main kind of thing throughout is just look after each other. You have to work as a team and 
those parallels there is that kind of you're not in it alone you couldn't possibly do this job solo it's you like will the always, camaraderie yeah yeah you will always need another person there like the whole thing with physiotherapy is they really build on you communicate to each other over like techniques or like new things you've learned or like a patient that's difficult you discuss it you mm. never just go in solo and then in the marines you never do anything alone like you're as soon as you get there you're put in a huge room 60 people all in a room um one big room together and you just live and breathe together and it you like get naked, wrestle, drunk together when you're fucking having a laugh. And mm-hmm. it's just that that whole I guess it's just about being together and getting through it together. And I've always felt I remember nearly being in tears at in my interview to join because my, my speech was I like prepped it, I was so like nervous. And uh, I remember going in there and I had like uh, some Navy sergeant equivalent of and he was kind of asking me questions and I would have only been 19 but I was there and I was like I will never leave anyone behind just so much like a Chad speech just so like retrospectively like the most corny thing you've ever heard but I was so passionate and I still am if I see anyone or anyone in trouble or anyone hurt I I feel compelled to get involved much to my own fault at times when it's not even to do with me it's just and so I think there's huge parallels, anything like that. The fire service, even in like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the ethos you guys, we have here, it's like all for one, one for all. Yeah. And I think there's that, I've never, never like not found that kind of appealing. And mm. uh, it's really nice. I think that's the big thing. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say, Dave? I was going to say, is that do you think that's something you actively sought out when you came out of the Marines, that you looked for things that had a similar sort of, had, had some similarities, you know what I mean? You were, you were looking for something that um, fulfilled a gap, so to speak. You hear about a lot of ex-service people who don't, who come out and it is, you know, you know life is difficult to deal with, you know what I mean? Mm. Is that is that something you actively went out and sought? It, it's so difficult when you leave. Like even I only did like the minimal amount five years, and I really struggled. I, I immediately left. I had to come back to living at home with my mum and my sister. I had to go back to college. And I just just step back from like, I mean, I was a lance corporal. I managed to get to lance track. And in 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 the Marines and in the military, you live in this whole kind of structure that makes you feel above everything it gives you like an arrogance but like also a confidence and um suddenly that bubble popping of being outside and not everyone kind of like knowing who you are you almost kind of like you, you bristle your chest a bit and like I'm, I'm a marine like don't talk to me like that kind of thing and yeah. um it's who you so basically they've, they've sort of pumped you full of piss and vinegar yeah they? that's the saying isn't it you know and but i guess uh, when you got home, did you miss your miss your boys? Yeah, hugely. Like it, you honestly feel vulnerable for the first time. You you feel invincible when you're in. Yeah. Any, anything you do, you do together. You go on a night out. Like we used to be based up in Scotland, Thas mm. Lane, where the um all the subs are. It's really like cool there. And um we used to go like the nearest place to be Glasgow for a night out. 
and the Scots hated us. One, because <laughs> we were British. Two, because we were the military. Three, because we would just not be able to handle our booze at all. We'd all be absolutely fucking wrecked by 8pm, trying to get into like a bar. And they could tell us <laughs> off a mile away. So we used to hide behind a corner and wait for a group of girls to walk past to try and pair off to go in with them and try appalling Scottish accents. <laughs> oh, it was just a nightmare. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you just missed it. And that's why I joined rugby um, at uni when I got there. And eventually, I think that's what brought me to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because it's the same, same level of chat, it's the same level of blokes. And it's just finding those pockets of people that are on the same mind level weird i can't really describe it you know when you find it though I was it's like that that talking. alpha energy isn't it like yeah it's just that pack i think it's the pack mentality like you're a part of something you feel safe because you're yeah. like if anything was to happen you know you've got that that family those people you can rely on and you like to let them know that they can rely on you and it's that i think it's quite primal like we all I think pretend that we're like above animals, but I think like there's a very nah. thin veneer <laughs> where we are still animals. Like, look at it. It's only been like the past 200 years in England since we, like, you know, now we've got like governments and got like pronouns that you can't say. You've got gen- like, look at this now, like safe spaces and all this shit. Mm. But like, you go back a hundred years. You can chop your head off with this kind of thing. And that's nothing. Mm. Uh, maybe more than 100 years, to be fair. That's a bit. But... Yeah, so I, I just... think Jordan Jordan once said the jiu-jitsu club's like, it was a gentleman's club, didn't he, Jordan? Oh, totally, uh, I, yeah. I, I agree with that sentiment, you know. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, when you're there, you're kind of like, you just, if outside world, nah, nah, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You're there to, you know, you, you're just there and you're with the guys and, you know, and even when you leave, you're on a high. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're rolled or not, you know. So, yeah, it's good. It's the, I think as well, it's the not being afraid. Like, in the Marines, you could say anything you fucking wanted. And then going from the Marines to college and university, which are, like, probably the most sensitive places in terms of what you can say <laughs> and what you can't say. And then having that little pocket, almost like a little kind of bubble to come up for air and just say the most mental shit. Like, Adam, <laughs> you're you're really good at that. Like, just saying stuff, and it just makes it acceptable to get all this stuff off your chest. Just to talk about mongs, to talk about all this stuff. It's just a nice environment. <laughs> do, do you feel that, though, in those sorts of environments, like what you're describing with being in the Marines, because you can be so open and sort of have good camaraderie, it aids your overall teamwork together and how you operate as sort of one well-oiled machine? Hugely. So... When I joined, you all had to share a room. You couldn't have a room on your own, unless you had rank. And by rank, I mean a corporal or higher. But even corporals would choose to stay in the same room. So your rooms, I mean, it's probably the size of the dojo. Uh, mate, no, probably half of that. And you'd have six beds in there. It's always be six-man grots, we used to call them. And the whole <laughs> idea with that is there's six people to like a, well, like a unit. There'd be a few more, but like, You'd all live and breathe with each other. So if you had an argument, it would be there, out in the open there. And then if you were like doing anything, it would all be to a group. And it's that you almost get to know each other on a whole other level. Like you would be savages to each other. 
horrible people to each other, like in a like a lad's band away. You could never drop your guard. You couldn't show weakness. But then, if anyone else was, they'd be dead. Like the amount of nights out where it would just be one guy pushes like a mate of yours that was an absolute prick to you the other day, you just go mad. Mm. A, a case of point is. Uh, the lads used to find it hilarious. None of us, another funny thing was none of us really had any dads. They were either alcoholics or they just like left us. And um, it was Father's Day and uh, one of the lads had written a card and on the card it was like, you're the best dad in the world. And it was as if I'd sent my dad a card and it had been resent back to me. And they'd written it as if I'd said it like, dad, why don't you love me? And it's all like really soft. <laughs> it's just, fuck off, son, I don't love you. And I'd not written it, but they just left it on my fucking bed. That's amazing. <laughs> so I came back to that. And they're all pissing themselves. And it's like, you can't help but find that funny. And like, you do that at uni to a kid, he'd have a fucking melt panic attack. And you'd be like, in prison. Like... But like that kind of savagery banter just really, I found, helped you develop as characters. And if you can't laugh at yourself, you can't take the piss at yourself or laugh at serious situations. I think that's what, what's gone missing in the world. It probably now, makes it very difficult to reassemble in, in normal life, like Dom, doesn't it? When yeah. you know that the surrounding people can't deal with that level of banter or laughter oh, or yeah. personal you know, deprecation or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That, that is probably, I guess, part of the, the difficulty um, I'm thinking in, in re-assimilating, isn't it? It's just, it's, like, it's, a, it's few and far between that you meet other people now that get that. And I mm. think that's what I started to really miss. I started to feel lonely, I think. Um, and there's still definite moments where I'll be surrounded by people and they just don't have the same calibre like, or like, oh, and then I'll feel uncomfortable, I'll get too drunk and I'll say something and alienate myself because it's just too outrageous. Because like, mm. that's me. <laughs> yeah, but like, and it's just, it's a lonely lifestyle. So when you do find people that are on that level, like the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and like the rugby, like you find snippets or pockets of people, but they're, they're few and far between. It's a rare breed. I, I truly believe it's a dying breed. Mm. There's a lot of loyalty, isn't there? In um, especially in this club, it's probably the same in a lot of other clubs. But I think I played football for years, and there wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the same. Like there's there was banter, and it was a a group of lads. But if you weren't in the same group that went out drinking every week, even though you were in the same team, yeah, you, you got you weren't in the group. Whereas yeah. there are people that are at our club that even if they aren't at every seminar, even if they aren't at every class, they're still part of yeah. Sasquatch Studios. And there's a loyalty to the members of the club. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's why we get so pissed off when people fuck off and train someone else. I, I think in martial arts generally, there is, um, a, there is a recognition of sort of lost souls that most people who do martial arts or do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or whatever you say, you know, call, call it whatever you do, that they are doing it for a reason there is mm. something that has been missing or something that they need adding or you know they require um like you were saying dom you know most of the guys that you served with had you know zero dads or that had broken families or whatever and i, I do think that is very much the same 
you know, in the martial arts community that you'll, you, you'll like me and Adam often say, you will very rarely find a normal person that yeah. does martial arts. And, and especially for a very long time, mm. they, they are constantly refilling the bucket of emptiness, whatever it is. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are going to struggle with this because actually a lot of us need it for sanity. We don't need it for like exercise. Yeah. Anyone can exercise. You can go around, around, around the garden twenty mm. times and get exercise. It's nothing to do with that. It, it's it's a it's a social physical combination vibe that is you know brings camaraderie and uh, allows you to expel some misspent anger that would go elsewhere otherwise. Do you know what I mean? That, 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 that even said today that there's going to be a rise in domestic violence. Yeah, you know, the, the the lockdown yeah. thing going on. So, like, I think that's interesting. But also another thing that George asked that I thought was interesting is the parallel question, and you're getting an insight at the moment into what's happening in the hospitals, and uh, you know you've obviously had whether it, it even been in training or in real like skirmishes and you know like. Um, is does it feel a bit like a battlefield when you walk through a hospital at the moment? Is 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 there an edginess about how things are going on? Is black humour used, or is it not the place for that at the moment? Is it is it a bit raw? What, what's the? Can you give us an idea of what it's actually like at the moment in hospitals and what hospital staff are actually looking like? Are they are they looking worn down? Is there is there a real? That's probably a bit of an obvious question, but. Um, no, not at all. And I, just before that, what you were saying about it being, um, I really agree, and I think you nailed it, just prior to the um, the hospital uh, parallel moment, I really think you nailed that that kind of vibe. That, the martial artist side, the sort of the lost the lost person. Yeah, it feel, fills that hole, just to quickly say, like, I really feel like that, that really, as soon as you said that, that click, like, that for me is what it does. It It's having that contact that communication with kindred spirits i suppose isn't it knowing that you're not alone i think also the other thing is that we accept everything like you you might not like everything about someone yeah but you accept it but a bit like a family should be but families yeah. aren't do you know what i mean that, that we know that for a fact that families aren't like that that ain't real it's, yeah. a, bit, it's a rude awakening for some and it's like a a known fact for others straight off the bat yeah that you and don't some people, automatically get loved. You know what I mean? I, I know yeah. that's a bit deep, but that's 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 fact. And, no, it's true. And the thing is, in 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 martial arts, or especially in jiu-jitsu, or what we do um, for us, you you are accepted. You know, and we've had some massive bellends. Yeah. <laughs> with a capital B. Yeah. More bellends than nice people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm a capital C, but they are our bellends. Yeah, <laughs> and we look after them. You know what I mean? And that is what a family is supposed to be like. And I think that that you know it's a bit probably a little bit like the gangs. You know what I mean? When when kids join gangs, they are fit, the gangs filling that need for them. That gang is um, providing them with security, support that they're not getting elsewhere. So. You know, it's a it's an interesting analogy. It's a structure, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, you know, so this is what I was thinking about. Like, 
because if you think about it, it's like the Marines, all these things that these these clubs, these bands of blokes that get together, that kindred spirit, that kind of pack. Is it a male thing? Not to say that women don't have their own area, but like you said, gangs, that's an interesting aspect I've never thought of before. And I will come back to the parallels with the hospital later, but I just found that an interesting. But is it to the gang? Is that them having their own structure, them needing that structure, like we're talking about? But it's a bit like a tribe, isn't it, Dom? It's yeah. a bit like a tribe. You know, even the fire brigade is a bit like a tribe. You, you, wherever you go in the world, when you meet another fireman or firefighter, you are inextricably linked one yeah. way or the other. Whether you like it or not, you have something to do with each other. If, if you know, well, I've love had it at my fire stations where I've had. I've had firefighters that have been have ripped off at clip joints or been beaten up at brothels, and they've, you know, literally American firefighters with zero. They're yeah. in the middle of London with nothing, and they've come to the fire station and said, mate, you've got to help me out. And two o'clock in the morning, and firefighters are putting, you know, fivers and tenors together to get them some money and sort yeah. of screw them away. Do you know what I mean? And tr- or, or even drive them down on the truck and try and get their money back. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, and it is just like the brother. They, you know, they call it the brother. There's even documentaries. I think it's the same. Obviously, sounds like the same. What you're describing, you know, it, it, you know, maybe not the wider military, but definitely a marine is is seems like you know you're you're linked forever. Do you know what I mean? That's that's it. Truly, you, again, like so true. Like no matter what you do, no matter where you go, like I was in hospital, I saw a guy, he had the Royal Marine Commando tattoo, all it took was me going up, and you find yourself switching mm. back into that, and uh, immediately we're talking, we're chatting away, and it's almost like, he knows, I. it's a special, but I immediately want to there, mm. go above and beyond for him, because he's in the hospital, mm. he's a Marine, he's a brother, mm. and it's mm. like, even if you look at motorcycle gangs and all this stuff and like, you know, Sons of Anarchy, I don't know if you've watched mm. that brilliant TV show. And it mm. again shows how drawn certain types of blokes are. And like you said, there are shit blokes. It's always going to be shit blokes. We used to call them shit shields, but <laughs> they'd be your shit shield. Do you know what I mean? If anything's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong with that fucking shit house bloke. But he's your mm. fucking shit house bloke. He'd be the one that always gets you in fucking trouble. We had um, a night out in Scotland after doing like a, some close court combat training. It was pretty fucking cool. And uh, we'd gone on a night out and uh, two boys, both shit blokes, had gone upstairs to the bar that was closed off. And they're behind the bar drinking booze from the uh, optics. <laughs> and uh, they came down, our officer, who at the time we loved, he was a good officer, which was a rarity. He never really got on because they're, they're part of the Good Ideas Club, which are often never, ever good ideas. Mm. and he's gone upstairs to go get these boys and uh, he's coming back down with them and these Scottish bouncers just see an opportunity to dump tackle the fuck out of uh, this officer just mm. got booze he's taken off the lads and you can imagine immediately, like even though these two shithouses have caused it, they jumped on these bouncers there's this fucking wrestle on the floor they've just done like three weeks solid close court combat and every marine has a good back on him so this floor is like a mixture by this point the next row of bouncers have come in they're trying to tear him off and at this point, all the boys who were like fucking tongues down all sorts of rotters' throats put the birds <laughs> to the sides. And it's an all-out fucking war. Meanwhile, our sergeant's trying to get a drink at the bar, wondering why all the bar stuff have gone. And he turns around, he sees the floor is a fucking ocean of bodies. There's like 
two boys arm barring one fucking crucifix in some poor bounce on the floor. Like, <laughs> it's like three wrapped around one, so three people trying to choke out one bloke. It's just a fucking absolute monstrosity. <laughs> and um, it all started by shit blokes, and he, they got absolutely fucking destroyed when we went back to the barracks. But the fact we just they were our shit blokes. It was our officer. It was all that. It's just that group pack mentality. Like you could fuck with each other, but no one mm. fucks with the pack. Mm. It's your combined strength there. Effectively insulting. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what do you think about the parallels to now working in a hospital and 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 what you've seen? Obviously, you've you've seen some stuff over the years and yeah, been some places and 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 how does it compare now with what's what's going on in a civilian setting basically do you know what i mean because now that that isn't you know obviously the nhs them guys look after each other and they work together but you know are you seeing some savage scenes now you know yeah so it's changed again like it's still the same mentality but um the main change for me was working with women Mm. and um i always well in the marines you kind of get a bit of a sexist attitude like we're blokes we're the best and I you know unashamedly I'll admit we thought we were the tits and like no woman could ever do what we were doing and then coming to the NHS and just seeing the level of fucking work that these amazing women put in I was raised by my mum and my sister like growing up with them and it's inspirational like it's different completely different like the level of chat is it's not like what we would have now mm. but they have their own and they just crack on it's just endless amounts and they're just so supportive like it's almost like the complete opposite if mm. it was blokes you'd just be actually throats in the workplace but it's just so supportive it gets you into it and you're so positive that you know they're backing each other and they're so like so a different group mentality and it's mm. you know there's not as many blokes at all mm. but the job gets done like to such a good level like the nhs is honestly like you know people talk about how private healthcare is better i i i'd argue that because the level of compassion for people that have in the nhs you have to bear in mind that people in the nhs have chosen to work for less money because they mm. believe that everyone should have that level of care mm. so they're inherently less greedy mm. and i think that speaks volumes like, Do you- do you think though that it's kind of like two different uh ways of uh educating almost it's like uh the sort of marine sounds more kind of like hazing to sort of initiate and get people in that group mentality whereas the nhs is more nurturing and more kind of um yeah it's yeah that's a really good question yeah so the marines break you like they completely they take away all individuality they shave your head as soon as you get there you get put in a room of 60 um one person fucks up you'll get punished you, you are literally taken to your absolute so there's nothing to let you literally sobbing in the fire escape on the phone to your mum saying you're gonna quit and uh the physio fucking it's literally just at every step like you can do this you're doing fine how can we help you how can we support you so they're complete different pat like completely different polar extremes. Which one do you their, sorry what? Uh which one do you find you responded to more? 
Oh, it's so tricky because in one you 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 need it. They're both respectfully needed in their own domain. I need you need to be broke. You need to be at that age. I needed to be broken. I needed to be that, that discipline you need in that situation because it's you you're taking lives. Whereas in physio, you're building lives. You're you're repairing people. You know you. Oh, that's a really good question. You know, it, there's, there's just differences, I would say. I think they're both necessary. They're both very appropriate for the role that you're doing. Mm. They're implemented in completely different ways, aren't they? Completely, utterly. But like both get the same effect, respectively, to what you're doing. But strangely enough, what I always find with this as well, and having, you know, I've got to work in the emergency services, so, you, you yeah. know, no matter what front line you're on, the experiences are as savage <laughs> and as brutal as as each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the experiences are no less um, harsh. Yeah. So when you have a... You know, we were talking about the, the the aspect of the men and the women, and and we were talking. You alluded to earlier about the weak and the strong, and you know we have sort of talked about mental toughness. That um, that the, you know you've got these you know five foot nothing ladies, you know absolute troopers who are you know all hands to the pump, absolute you know literally doing the grimmest jobs, you yeah. know getting stuck in to to some desperately difficult situations i'm making horrible choices and you know um and they've alluded to that already as this goes further on um and that is a mental toughness isn't it that that do you think that can only be bred by having those experiences i think yeah i mean the tougher time you have the the more you're able to deal with like my physio my last placement was on a bird burns unit and um that's something i haven't really even thought physio was for mm. i thought when you first think of physio you think sport yeah like oh you need that uh, but the complexities and the issues that these nurses are facing like the, i mean you probably know like the smell of burning flesh like it's, it's something you will never forget mm -hmm. and you see these people coming into these burns units and it's just fuck like fucking mad like you can see like the the muscle the bone everything mm. and you've got these nurses that are just in there unflinching don't give a fuck attitude and they're just there and their humor is just like brilliant like you the, the sharpest wit they'll leave you fucking spinning for 10 minutes as they have cleaned the wound and redressed it mm. and um it's it's phenomenal it's humbling like mm. i mean and without flinching either like don't even take a second breath i think it's just incredible yeah i do think after all this you know it, it goes without saying that i think you know i'd like to see that we have a newfound if you haven't got it already a newfound yeah. respect for those that work in the nhs and, and you know frontline and behind the scenes as well because without yeah. behind the scenes the front line doesn't happen no. so you know for all those saying well if you're not a nurse up front why should you get to you know go into tesco early or some rubbish like that you know 
that people got to understand how this stuff works. You know, well, that comes back to what we were saying though, about intelligence, doesn't mm. it? Yes. If you had intelligence yeah. about yourself, you'd understand why you don't need to panic shop. You'd understand yeah. why. You know what they need to do? They need to look at how many of them came out of retirement today to go back in and help. Yeah, which is unbelievable, isn't it? What an thousands unbelievable and thousands. Yeah. 4,800, wasn't it? Yeah. Just, just decided to up off the couch, right, I'll go do my part. At the most dangerous time as well, <clears> these <throat> people are literally stepping into a war zone. I don't think people quite understand that that this virus, as much as has been peddled about, it doesn't affect the young and it doesn't, you know, in other countries who are weeks ahead of us, it's killing healthcare workers. Yeah. You know, it's, and, it's, no, it's, it's mutating. So because it's only getting to people that are fit and healthy, it's finding it's going to have to, it's mutating. It's naturally going to be, viruses mutate. Mm, cool, sure. And so it's changed already since Wuhan. Mm. And like you said, going back to the battlefield, like I remember being like that, that horrible feeling in your stomach, that nerves before we had to go and do anything or go anywhere. And in the hospital, that feeling is just like palpable. The tension is there. The nurses, you can see it in everyone's eyes. Everyone is just on edge waiting. Like It's all in the preparation stage. But people have been fucking morons. Like We were getting stories every day of people ripping off the hand sanitizer off the walls, running away with it. There's only oh. a limited amount of supplies. People Fuckers. are fucking steaming gloves, steaming the fucking masks that the hospitals and the nurses need. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think the problem is that often in these scenarios, humanity both surprises you and fills you with, you know, you know, wonder and love and everything like that, and also absolutely shocks you to the core with the cruel and, you know, insensitive nature mm. of human beings and it's uh, you know that is the the uh, uh, you know the up and the down of disaster in it where you'll get you'll get heroes and you'll also get villains and 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 you know for, you hope that the villains get punished beyond um beyond belief and karma comes back and 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 treats them a blow but you know it, it is you know it's just disappointing in it when you hear things like that uh, you worry. It just makes me angry. It made me immediately want to go to shops, find people that are panic buying, and just slap them. I'd be like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you doing?" But and, it, it's such like a base uh, mammalian response, you know, hoard resources and conserve energy. That's basically it. They just, uh, you know, try and get as much stuff as they can, uh, yeah. just to minimize effort. Yeah, it's a, soft, it's a soft life survival skill, yeah. isn't it? It's like if you've had a soft life mostly, and I'm not saying that people have had, you know, nothing happened to them, but I'm talking about draconian, Neanderthal, war and being ravaged by a saber-toothed tiger type thing, that what you do is you go to the shop and you buy some more pasta, because <laughs> think you're going to run out, but no one eats pasta anyway anymore, really. You know what I mean? Just but buy the fruit the and veg. It's crazy. If you need to hoard food, someone bigger and stronger will steal that food off you if it gets that bad. What, the Warlord of Wimbledon? The Warlord of Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, right? The Wimbledon Wrangler. The shuffling <laughs> I've just got to pop. Someone's ringing me because of this fucking, they're stuck where they are. Cause yeah, they're go, 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 go. We're just talking about me being the Warlord of Wimbledon. The, uh, the people oh. that are hoarding this stuff, I'm not being funny, but they could fucking miss a few meals. Like, <laughs> yeah, the size of some of them is ridiculous. Like, they need to worry less about like fucking eating and more about quitting smoking and actually doing some exercise because they're going to die pretty quick. Well, this, this yeah. is the, the, the stupidity of it, Cronk, you've hit the now exactly on the head. If you want to do something to help yourself, 
you're much better to run up, up and down your driveway, your garden, or burpees, <laughs> or go on a diet, than yeah. you are to eat all the processed food that you could ever fit into your car. <laughs> you know? And you yeah. die of a diabetic coma, which is yeah. probably what a lot, you know, this, and, and also that lifestyle, what you're eating, what you're doing there, for your psyche, you know, your, 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 um, your psyche, for your mental health is not. Uh, helping, you know, it's, it's, it's Amazon, you doesn't it? It's it, it, you know, it, I think one thing that I think is going to become prevalent. And I really want to get someone. So if there's anyone out there who's deals in mental health or is connected with mental health in any way, really would want to talk about how this is going to affect people as we move on. Because I think three weeks is a little bit unrealistic <laughs> to to say. I think in, in three weeks, Dave, it's going to be an absolute shit show. I think in, in three weeks, we'll be in the absolute pits of, uh, there'll be a, a, I mean, the amount of deaths will be off the fucking chain. But what we're not talking about is the amount of people that recover as well. Mm. So as more people get it every day, more <clears> people <throat> are recovering every day. But mm. we're not looking at that at the minute. But, but you will see that. But there's going to be a shit ton of people die between now and three weeks' time. And, yeah, and all the scumbags running and, riot. And I think the other thing that, that people aren't noting, that it is not really the death toll of COVID-19 that is the pertinent issue. It's the death toll from all the ops that are not being done, the delay in, you know, cancers being diagnosed, the delay in, um, you know, life-saving drugs being issued, all, all the other things that NHS has to do and continue to do to keep people alive um, will drop off the end. And that will be the byproduct. The byproduct will be the tens of thousands of people that die not from COVID-19 at all, mm. but by virtue of COVID-19 having the impact that it has. Um, that, that, I think, is, is sort of the silent killer that's going to happen. And, uh, and I think that's what's scary. I'd be interested to hear what Dom has to say about this, but if you look at um, Korea, Japan, Iran, Italy and China as examples, they didn't have any time to prepare at all. Mm. Whereas we have had time to prepare and we have done things like cancel these operations. And we, mm. you know, we're, you hear quite often from doctors on the news at the minute that they're, they're doing stuff that they can't understand why they've not been doing this for the past 10 years, because if mm. the money's there, then why... We, you know, why can we not get a load of ventilators on these wards? Why have we why have we suddenly got all these beds, you know, suddenly become available that we, we haven't been able to utilise for mm. the past 10 years? We've had a couple of weeks of prep, so will it make a difference mm. compared to these other countries? Or were they actually caught massively off guard? Or or has the prep bought us time with the bigger figures that we know we're going to get? Because I think that's yeah. that's where we're at. We're already at bigger figures than Italy were you know, when they decided to take some pretty extreme measures. But has the has the balancing act been made that the the, the pre-planning we've done with our healthcare is that is that gonna balance out those those figures for the critical you I think know? we've we've um like this weekend show we fucked it. You know what I mean? Personal yeah. experience for me, driving around trying to find some deserted woods to take the kids out on their bikes, drove around for an hour, stopping didn't even get out of the car. So many old people mingling about, grouped up together, loads of cyclists, gangs and gangs of them. Crazy. 
and we you know we we had the good sense of mind to not get out of the car we found somewhere deserted how many thousands of thousands of people went down the beach went down the woods touching each other it's crazy i think they all knew what was coming mate they're all like right it's coming so let's all get out it'll be quiet it doesn't help that it was the first day of spring like three days ago yeah, yeah. we've had slightly good weather haven't we weather's yeah. lovely i went out for a walk close to me and there were literally i i, I passed probably maybe two or three families but we we made sure we were up against the hedgerows on the opposite side of the you know of the road than each other when we did pass each other mm. um so there is that conscious effort there but when you're seeing bournemouth seafront mm. which is like everybody goes down and gets their chips and ice cream and sits on a bench together that's madness that's nuts yeah it does seem to be sort of a, a, a blatant flaunting of the sort of guidance that's been given it does there's either two things happening there people are not taking it seriously enough or do people think is it a selfishness i think they've they've um you know boris johnson's they've been very polite about how they're going around it they're slowly introducing it to us mm. and i think that hasn't worked so that's hence the next step and there's going to be another step after that i imagine mm. yeah I, people are just too they don't understand you know they're not they're not really it doesn't affect me. I, I definitely don't think this is. I think in every every ruling that's been made, one could justify being out of their house. For example, you've got one moment or one opportunity to exercise a day, or how long that takes. I yeah. still don't. Yeah, right. Prescription. Yeah, you could be out of your house exercising technically all day, or yeah. if someone calls you up and says, "Why are you doing it?" Well, what do you do when I'm exercising? It's my first time today. I'm allowed to go out and exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, people are very righteous out there. People are very, mm-hmm. you know, knowledgeable of their rules. They like to, mm-hmm. you know, to to push them in other people's, you know, faces. I mean, the, the group issue. You know, if you you've got to be with your family, you know, you've got to be in groups, no more than two. It, it, it's it's things that people will exploit because I think. We are in a, um, I, I don't want to say it, I don't want to say, but I, I think it's true that we are in a society where a lot of people don't want to be told no. Mm. They're spoiled. They're not, yeah, not used to being told no. It's, it's the age of complainers. Like everybody has a voice now and everybody has the option to say no. And I mean, I mean you look at sort of uh, the shopping websites or if you look at sort of uh, Facebook reviews and things like that, people have a bigger voice and they feel like they're entitled to their say or, you know, their way of thinking. Mm. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think you're right, George. I think that that has made everybody... Um, more self-assured about what they're doing is the right thing to do. Um, it, it, it's a difficult one, and it? it's a difficult one, and, it, and I think this is one of those experiments where you're not going to know how this uh, pans out for a, for another week or so. But it is definitely not going in the right direction. Although saying that, the figures you, you're going to collect some figures as as we go, yeah. and you were saying that it doesn't look like the trajectory is quite as bad um as it could be do you think that's because these gradual sort of implementations and rulings are working i, I 
well, that's what I hope it is, but I think it's just they've they've underreported. Oh right. That's what I think it's, yeah, I, I I'd like you know, I'd like to think it has started making a difference, but mm. you know, it's like me myself. I've been isolated since Monday last week. Mm. Could all of my family already have had it? No one knows. Mm. Yeah, because a lot of people are showing no symptoms at all, aren't they? Don't yeah, that's it. it is um, it is difficult. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know if we've lost Dom. Dom, are you back? Still the world's longest, about. world's longest phone call. He is probably discussing his next nipple piercing. <laughs> be. Well, we've had a good discussion about the affairs. Anything else anyone wants to bring up at the moment? Anything? Yeah, I've got that question for him when he comes back. Well, for well, Dog, but... You're right. Go on, Kerry. You've got something to say? We've lost your audio, Kerry. Can't hear C-Dog. Yeah. C-Dog. <laughs> Is gone. that you back, Dog? Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Dad. I've got a question for you, Dog. So, question. Um, it's... Kerry, I, I went up to the... Uh, to the pharmacy i made a prescription last week and um i get up there and it's a one uh, two people at a time to go in and i get in there and uh it is madness because they people have just made prescriptions that they didn't need just to stock up on meds so now i'm bang out of luck with uh with inhalers he said he, he said he's all he ordered something like 60 this week and they all went out the door so I, i'm all right my asthma's under control but i you know I had one. I had one that was running out. I thought, oh, well, I better get one. But for a person who's in genuine need of uh, of that medication now, because of these the people that are starting to accumulate and collect food, medication, you know, there are other people in the community that are going to suffer. Again, this is a this is a for me, you know, there by the grace of God, whatever you call it. I've I've got no medical issues, no medical problems, nothing like that. Mm. When I um, whenever I've been, I've only ever been really ill once when I caught staff, and that opened my mind because I needed antibiotics, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, what if these antibiotics run out?" And it always became a thing for me. Um, also, I've, I've never gone for any blood before, but you have your asthma. It's mm. I'm not saying it's a weakness, but it is. You need to have that inhaler, and when you haven't got it, it's probably opening your eyes a bit now, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it. It, it makes you realise, you know, um, you. You're used to just having it there, and when yeah. it's gone, you think, "Oh shit!" You know, I've yeah. got to weather the elements now. Whatever comes at me, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's kind of up in the air. I mean, touch wood, I've never had an asthma attack. I just take someone wheeze. else's, mate. I'll um, yeah, I'll take someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> My sister, I'm, I'm going to need the help of the uh, the warlord of uh, Wimborne. Yeah. Warlord of Wimborne, mate. Okay, what do you, want, <laughs> do you want? The brown one, a bit of clam boot roll. Is that what you want? Yeah, some of that, mate. I'll put me there for that. Brown one. Yeah, I'll have some. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've right. a question for Dom. Ad, do you want to ask you a question for Dom? Bye, right, Dom. You there, Dom? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, mate. Sweet. Can I call you a code name instead of Dom? <sighs> what is it, though? You keep changing <laughs> it. <after. laughs> M, M. Is your code M. name. Okay. Do you accept your code name? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, so we've talked about this often on the yeah. side of the net. Um, and we've touched it a bit in this conversation already. Um, so people have an inability to perform basic functions. 
and society props them up mm. consistently. Yeah. This weekend, people are told, don't gather in groups. Everyone and the dog went out and gathered in groups. Yeah. Please discuss. Um, again, this is going to sound a bit horrible <coughs> and playing devil's advocate here, but I think coronavirus is ne- like it's necessary. Going to sound stupid, but we do need that scare. Like we do need this this shake up of things to make people aware that more ones do exist. And not only do they exist now, whereby they could exist and we could get on with our lives and they wouldn't affect it too much. Now they exist and they are actually directly affecting our lives. Mm. And it's not even a joke anymore. You can't be stupid. You used to be able to be stupid and kind of be stupid and kind of stay out of the way and we'd have TV programs like celebrating their stupidity, like fucking Love Island and fucking Benefit Street and all that stuff. Yeah. But now they're directly affecting our health. Like you said, Sea Dog, about the pharmacy not being able to get an inhaler because morons are fucking buying all the inhalers when they don't need them. My sister has quite severe asthma and she's not been able to get hold of an inhaler. She's only got one left, like the one she's using. Mm. But similar situation, she's been on the phone to 111. She's been speaking to the doctor. Same issue. People have just panic bought all the inhalers. Yeah, um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be enough people that die from this. To I think we will get past it, and if the grand scheme of things, the death toll isn't going to be as high as what you know SARS and before that, like you know Mad Cow and all this stuff. They... Do Do you think the society we live in breeds like? It's people that sort of flaunt the rules and are generally weak so i'll give you an example like in i don't want to say china but in china if you're naughty really naughty middle of the night you get dragged out of your house and killed yeah so that that's like you no know, that's that's extreme end over here you can just do whatever you want as long as you're not too naughty you get away with it do you think we yeah. need to go a bit more towards that not being political but we need to go I don't know where it's going to go, to be honest, because at the moment it feels like we're on this uphill. You could keep going. You could get away with almost anything now, like you said. Um, Saying that, I got a fucking parking ticket the other day. That pissed me off. But um, it's just getting to the point now where I don't really know. It's hard to say. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know. It could be anything. Like coronavirus could go on for months now. It could escalate again. It could mutate. It could start really affecting everyone. I heard a scary story the other day uh, from a friend that works in another hospital that it actually took the life of a 30-year-old with no other issues, no other health issues. Yeah, I've heard that. And, um, I mean, what if, what if that is true? What if we're not hearing the full story of this? I worked in a hospital and I, they kept stuff from everyone else. Unless you were on that ward, you didn't know what was going on. Mm. Mm. I think the thing is that that real life doesn't create the dangers. So what has happened in the previously, like China, they create the danger themselves, don't they? You know, if you're that fear of repercussion. Yes, is what you mean. Yeah. Yes. And without that fear of repercussion, so in the Marines, you behave because you were worried about if you didn't get fucked over or you get beaten up. Yes. If you don't have that fear of repercussion, no, you've got nothing to lose. 
Yeah, nothing. And and normal life doesn't create a repercussion, does it, nowadays, really? Unless you you jump in front of a car and that's not you, you know, willfully ending your own existence. Mm. If you decide you don't want to do something, the worst that's going to happen to you is you're going to go to prison and you're going to get fed. Yeah, I think the the big risk that well the only thing people really see as a risk now is getting in debt or mm. becoming bankrupt. You know, they, 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 like something you get free money now for doing nothing. It, yeah, that, that's only if you have something to lose, Kerry. If you if you haven't got anything to lose, then debt means nothing really. That's true. That's true. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Is the, the, you know, for a lot of people. In this situation now, with nothing, that is, I think, where the government will have to worry. When you've got nothing to lose, you can do what you want. You yeah. can take what you want and go where you want because there's nothing to take off you. And if you put people in poverty, and that's where I think, you know, there's a, been a bit, there's been a bit slow in supporting folk, you know, mm. certain different situations and or getting them the money because I haven't actually seen of any businesses that have claimed this for their PAYE employees or or got the loans it's not available yet but people are being sacked like now and gone from you know two grand a month to whatever it is 400 pound a month you know that that is not a simple transition to go from financially a lot of people will not choose to abide by the law has everyone been sent uh, we spoke about the other day has everyone been sent their new council tax bills coming out yeah. April the first? Yeah. yeah. So like that, they should just freeze that straight. Away. Yeah, it should be frozen. Absolutely. Oh. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but this is mate. This is trying to get you know. This is trying to get local government to do anything, and they're they're four months behind the central government. They mm. can't. You're running on a staff that's mainly part time job sharing. They don't give a fuck. You know, this it's it's. I've worked. I did four years in local government, and and the people that work there are lovely people, but the vast majority of them are just waiting for their pension. Mm. <laughs> I had, like they're lovely people, and they do work hard, but they're not there full time, and so nothing gets achieved unless it absolutely has to. In which case, the central government does all the work for you, and you just implement the the measures that they've told you to implement. So is everyone going to cancel their uh, council tax direct debits? Depends on what situation you're in. Nah, you're lose it. I mean, as long as I collect my bins, I'll be, I'll be happy. Yeah, every two weeks. Cheers. <laughs> what happened yeah. to all just oh, like suddenly? Like I mean, like you said about rep, we're all so afraid of them. What if we, as a group or as a complete society, just thought, fuck it? Why are we listening to like what Boris? All these positions that we, you know, what if we all just sacked it off? Like, what if as a, as a complete country we just walked all like it would be chaos? I don't think we're bright enough. No, I think we'd be turning on each other, and you but wouldn't also, you turn on the, the enforcing powers. You turn on each other, and you steal from each other. And yeah. as a, as a society, we don't, we can't, we can't comprehend no. how to manage that. It just wouldn't work. You see. Look, Look how comfortable we all are. We're all having this conversation yeah. over high-speed internet yeah. on laptops. I know it's video great, and audio. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it, Look how fragile it all is. 
Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. So Look how many. Do you know what really blows my mind is the amount of people that we actually have now. Like, and that's the scale of the scale of the human population is terrifying. Mm. Think how much food we need mm. just to keep every single person fed. Mm. And if that fucking fell apart, it would just be insane. Mm. The yeah. amount of people, they, it's just too many people. There is just simply so many. Like the, the fucking supermarkets now, right, are seeing the full scale of if everyone is hungry and they want to stock up. They're empty after about half a day. And they need restocking immediately. That's after everyone's kind of shopping all in one day. And this it's was my, always my naive thing, you know, a bug out bag. I'm yeah. always going to go by the supermarket. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, this is human. It's, so, it's just all the plans that we all like, you know, we all daydream and say, oh, the end of the world is coming. We should be prepared. We fucking, we, we've wait, we missed it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Just just to elaborate on that, in 1918, the Spanish flu pandemic took 50 million people's lives, which, um, and it could have possibly been as high as 100 million, but obviously they didn't have the testing facilities back then. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, these things do colour species quite well when they want to colour species, you know, so it's... Uh, well, if you look well, at, like, the artefacts of uh, the, the, the deaths from, I know world wars and all that but if you look at the, the immediate aftermath of that economies jobs and everything just blo- it all grew again it was almost like you needed to cut a bit of the tree down a little bit for it to grow back fuller yeah that sounds look at, dark look at what well. happened to europe after the black death yeah the renaissance on yeah. it yeah yeah it's always yeah after a shitload of civil wars <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly, I, I know I said this to you boys earlier, but I think we were due a massive recession, and I yeah. honestly, I think this is gonna work out cheaper than the recession would have. Yeah, that's true, Gronk. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, good I don't know if this is gonna come on to knock on and cause a recession <laughs> though. That's the thing. So you're talking about these loans and this borrowing and all these businesses, and there's so much now that is just gonna fall apart. That are this, what happens? Well, the lending is still cheaper, so bank yeah. businesses can still get cheap loans from banks after this. So what's the interest rate now? 0.25 percent or something? Mm. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. We might get some inflation, which would be quite nice. Yeah. Well, it's we'll still yet to get a foothold in America. Now that's usually when the you know I think they're up to what 30,000 cases or something like that. I don't know. There's 20,000 in New York State alone. Oh, Christ. Well, maybe I'm wrong then. But it, it, it's it, once it gets, like, America a month from now, you know, the, I, I think... But this is the thing. With the testing, it's not that accurate. This is the scary thing that we I learned in the hospitals. It's not that accurate. It takes five days for the results to come back, by which time you could, like, catch it in that period. Mm. But mm. also, the tests themselves aren't that accurate. And we just simply don't have enough. So England, we don't know the full scale. We could have it now. All of us on here could have it, but we wouldn't know. Some people are symptomatic. Some people aren't. And that's the danger of this. The fact is, and that's why they're saying you don't meet up in groups and all that. And that's what the whole warning was before this. But again, ignorance and people not using their brains is 
forced us to move to this stage of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In- interesting thing about not conspiracy theory by any means, but um, you're looking at 1918 Spanish flu. Loads of people died from aspirin poisoning because um, at the time the medical same same as now. You know, you get flu symptoms, you take an aspirin, it sorts you out. Now the aspirin everyone was using was um, was was toxic, had toxic stuff on it. So that killed loads. So um, you've got all the time you see people going, "Oh, I've cured I've I've uh, cured coronavirus with honey suckle and one liter of milk." So you've got all these weird um, things coming out. Someone's going to come out with something soon. It would be a, a drug that's already used for something else and say, this is what you want to use to, to treat it. Hasn't been tested, bang. Mate, they're, they're, they're already doing it with malaria medication. Yeah, there you go. The government banned people from bulk buying malaria medication three weeks ago because they, they think they're going to use it. But obviously people are getting it on the black market. They're getting yeah. doses that they can't. They don't know what they're frankly let them take it, mate, because the malaria medication makes you it really messes with your head. Yeah, I've, yeah. Had, I've had to take it when I went on holiday and it was horrendous. So, let, let, let the idiots eat it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's some serious business, and I think we're going to see some changes over this week. Tomorrow night, we've got Nick Brooks on the show which is going to be interesting we might even lighten it up a little bit because we'll just talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and maybe leave the COVID-19 alone for a night and maybe give people a bit of light like old school Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu story relief um, but I'd like to say thanks to Dom for coming tonight we've been rocking this for nearly uh, an hour and 40 minutes so it's our longest one yet so it's been an honour Dom thanks for coming on no my pleasure it's really good to catch up with you guys and no, this is oh, fun. It's the best time for me. So, yeah, and no doubt we'll have you on again. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Kerry. Thank you, George. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you, Adam. And thank you, David. Uh, thank you, David. Cheers, we Dave. love you, Dave. We love you. <laughs> 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 I'm the handsomest man in this game. Most of all, thank you to all those NHS workers who yeah, absolutely. might or might yeah. not be listening. Uh, sorry about a bit of bad language tonight, but we do love you, no matter what we say. Uh, F's and blinds, it don't matter. We still respect the NHS and all the frontline services, healthcare workers, shopping, supermarket servers, lorry drivers, not the celebrities who are sitting in their asses doing fuck all because no one cares about them no more. <laughs> <laughs> we, care, we also care uh, about the police and the firemen, Dave. Yeah, I said all the frontline services. They're frontline services, mate. Oh. I just, I didn't, I didn't yeah, shut up, Adam. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, mate. I've got some news about the patches. What got our, our COVID-19 Sasquatch Studios Are patches. they coming? They're coming, but... <gasps> they've, 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 the place is shut down, so they're... <laughs> 80% of the staff have phoned in sick. Oh, my God. So they're working at 20% capacity. This, every time you order something, this happens. How many people are getting COVID-19 patches done? That's what I want to know. Do you well, know we, are, we are doing a giveaway, aren't we? Yeah, we've got a giveaway. Once the COVID-19 patches reach us, hopefully it's before, or well, hopefully it's after the end of the COVID-19 lockdown. It'll be nice, wouldn't it? Be able to yeah, 2022, mate. They'll be, be there, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <clears throat> how depressing is that? Every time I have something due to be delivered, it's always a month after it's due to turn up. It's not my fault, mate. <laughs> well, for all those who want a COVID-19 patch, listen in to see how you could win one 
through the lockdown. We'll uh, post it up on the uh, web page, uh, on a Facebook page, so you can uh, check it out and get one on your gi when you can start training again. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you. No discount whatsoever. No discount. No, no discount for anyone, mate. No. Discounts are done now. We've done discounted me. ourselves to death. We have to pay for the rent and stuff, don't we? Oh. <laughs> Dark times. So yeah, thanks very much, and uh, put the jingle on. Cheers, Ryan. Covid nineteen.